everyone. Welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So, long time no chat, everyone. I allowed myself a two-week hiatus from the podcast because I really had to focus on the behind the scenes of the podcast because work has been so busy, especially as we head into the fall and holiday seasons. And also, you know, because I've been, you know, working and also, you know, posting the podcast and doing all this, I kind of was, you know, stepping away from some of that behind the scenes work, like editing future episodes and getting episode briefs together and booking guests and all of that. So I really had to take some time to get some things together. And I also have some exciting projects in the work. So excited to share more about those soon. But today's episode, of course, we have to start with Industry Insights. And I think this would be a good time for me to reintroduce Industry Insights for any new listeners out there who are joining us. So Industry Insights was really born out of this exercise that one of my professors in college started where, you know, every uh, week when we had class or every twice a week, um, she would have all of us get in front of the class to start the class and share the PR move of the week, in our opinion. And I thought that was such a great exercise to, you know, really get us looking at the news and industry news and what brands are doing and keeping a finger on the pulse and also, you know, have providing a reason why, you know, you really like that PR move. And so from there, I was really inspired to have that on my podcast. So I started in season one by calling this the calm one of the week. And I talk about, you know, that aspect because not only are these, you know, wins that I share PR, but they're also, you know, integrative as a whole. Um, But since then, I've changed the name to Industry Insights because I feel like just like I was saying, having the explanation behind it, I feel like it's more than just, you know, sharing the win. It's also, you know, realizing, you know, how you can use these, you know, strategies that brands are using in their brand messaging and these campaigns in your own, you know, comms campaigns that you work on by, you know, talking about that behind the scenes of what goes on with these campaigns and what we can learn from them. So for today's industry insights, I actually have two because we did miss two weeks of the podcast. So the first one is from DirecTV and their new integrative campaign is called Get Your TV Together. And so this features a few spokespeople, um, one of them being Teresa Judice from the Real Housewives of New Jersey, which I've been a Real Housewives of New Jersey fan practically since I was like nine years old. Like I know all of the classic lines and I love Teresa. I know she's, you know, she's one of those, um, you know, personalities that you can love to hate. Um, and she's awesome. And she always does a great job in these commercials. And then also Dak Shepard from the Dallas Cowboys is in the commercial and other housewives from other franchises. So really exciting, you know, group of people that they get to represent the brand. But if you haven't seen the ad, it's um, a husband and a wife and they're sitting on the couch and they're trying to decide what to watch in the TV. And then, you know, the husband wants to watch NFL and the wife wants to watch the housewives. And they kind of go back and forth with the remote until they're actually on the field. And, you know, Teresa Judice is playing football with Dak Shepard and also the other housewives. And it's just like a funny nod to, you know, their new offering that they're trying to advertise through this campaign of being able to offer that special package that includes all of the NFL games and the game pass. But also, you know, those special channels like Bravo so that you can still catch up on your house on your housewives. And I think this is really smart to hit those two like American audiences that really love reality TV, but also really love NFL and, you know, cheering for their favorite team on Sundays. So I just think this was such a great campaign and it really hits on all those points of, you know, what what really resonates with an audience. And also to have it be integrative and, you know, interactive on social media and having everyone, you know, post about it and everything. I just think it was such a great campaign. But as for my second industry insight today, I want to talk about the big pivot that SeatGeek made in the wake of social media backlash. So if you're not familiar, I think it was when Harry Styles like had that first tour after the pandemic where, you know, everyone was, you know, crazy to get these tickets and they were sold out within minutes. 
And so SeatGeek was kind of the alternative option where a lot of tickets were available. You know, people were able to get them last minute before the show. And so a lot of people were spending like double the amount of the tickets on SeatGeek. And they were ultimately showing up to the venue the day of the show. And they were saying, these are fake tickets. You know, they weren't actually sold to you. You know, SeatGeek made a mistake. And then once these people went to SeatGeek for customer service, that was really lacking. You know, people didn't get any problems fixed. You know, it was a big to do. You know, people didn't get their money back. And so people took to social media, particularly TikTok, to share their distaste, you know, for this customer service. And I'm never using SeatGeek again. And to me, you know, the brand messaging of SeatGeek as a whole, I think they're meant to be seen as that savior for people who, you know, are super fans of a band or, you know, a, a sporting team or anything like that who can't get the tickets right away because they sold out. But SeatGeek is that savior because, you know, they're able to get those resale tickets and they can provide you with that experience that you really want. And so SeatGeek is really living up to that messaging in their pivot. So SeatGeek has now really cemented themselves as the premier, you know, ticketer of TikTok. <laughs> Do you like my pun? Um, and so, you know, we really saw this at the beginning of Coachella. You know, they started sending all these famous TikTokers, you know, personalized passes to Coachella. And, you know, here's, um, you know, three passes on us, etc. you know, popping in the comments. But also they've started engaging with, you know, normal TikTokers like you and I. And, you know, if they saw someone saying, you know, I really want to go to the Lady Gaga concert or I want to go and I want to see Elton John, they started popping up in the comments like, what's your address? I want to send you tickets. And they've even made it good with Harry Styles fans by uh, providing them tickets for his you know, latest tour. So I think SeatGeek really, you know, stepped up to the plate with this one. They really own their messaging and being that savior of providing that last minute ticket and the overall, you know, amazing experience. And thanks to SeatGeek but also being that reliable brand that you can trust. And I'm sure that they took, you know, people's feedback into consideration in terms of customer service. So hats off to the SeatGeek team on their crisis PR, um, you know, skills. As for today's episode, I'm so excited for you all to hear from my guest. She has so much passion for journalism, and it was so great to hear, you know, her story to growing that passion and her time in college working, you know, with the student newspaper, which speaking of that, my guest is actually the journalist behind the story of the Queen of Calm podcast in the Marist Circle, which is my alma mater's school newspaper. And I worked with the Circle in college, so it was just such an honor to see the Queen of Calm podcast within the print and online pages. And my guest did such a wonderful job, at, you know, capturing my story with the podcast and my purpose behind the podcast. So we'll talk about that in the interview. And also, you know, we'll talk about that postgrad journey, you know, tying into that message of the episode title, which is what comes next, because, you know, it is such a question that a lot of, you know, recent grads ask themselves and especially senior college seniors as they lead up to that graduation date that can kind of loom over because, you know, especially in these you know recent times that we had, I mean, I graduated in the class of 2021 and I feel like we were a COVID casualty. You know, we missed a lot of chances to get closure on different things that we worked on during college clubs we were in classes all of that and we had such an you know a different time with you know were we going to class was it covid lockdown all these different things to consider on top of you know the, those normal feelings of you know being scared to enter the workforce and being sad to leave your friends but also you know anxious and ready to move on to the next phase in life and so it's just such an uncertain time when you're graduating but i just want to remind you all that you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, you bring so much value to any position. I've said this before, but any position that you take on, any room that you enter, any meeting that you join, you just bring so much value and knowledge and experience based on, you know, everything you've worked on. You went to college and you 
you know, learn so much about your major, but also you took part in clubs and internships and you gained that knowledge, but also things that you do outside of the classroom, your personality, a passion project. And so you just have to really trust the process, know that everything happens for a reason. You know, if you take one job, the worst you can do is learn from it. You can learn, you know, different elements. I feel like the first six months that I was in the workforce, I learned like 10 years worth of, you know, um, you know, experience that I had outside of college. So it's really, you know, getting getting your foot in the door and getting started in the industry. And then you'll just continue to grow from there. So I just advise you all to trust the process, take a deep breath, breathe, everything will be all right. But before we jump into the interview, a few reminders from my end. So if you're not already following the Queen of Calm podcast on social media, follow us at Queen of Calm podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm pod on Twitter. Then if you want to leave us a voicemail, if you have a question about anything talked about on the show, if you have a suggestion for an upcoming episode, or if you have a guest suggestion, or you have a question for one of my guests, you can head to the Instagram link in our bio, or also to anchor.fm slash queen of calm podcast slash message, and you could leave us a voicemail that could potentially be used on the show. Also, if you're enjoying the queen of calm podcast and you want to leave us a five-star review, head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a review there. And finally, I'm now announcing that I'm accepting new guest pitches. So if you want to be on the show, if you work in communications, that meaning um, PR, advertising, marketing, journalism, social media, any of that or anything relevant to communications, I'd love to have you on the show. So be sure to send any guest pitches to queenofcompodcast.gmail.com and I'm ready to reply. So without further ado, stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. My next guest is a class of 2022 Marist College grad, where she studied journalism, creative writing, and digital video production. She has completed multiple editorial and radio internships and currently runs the editorial page for the Greetings from the Garden State podcast. Please welcome Nicole Uzzolino to the podcast. Welcome, Nicole. So excited to have you on the show today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Really, this is like such an honor. Like, really, this means a lot. So thank you so much for having me on, Paisley. Thank you for coming on. So why don't we get started with how you first got interested in journalism? Yeah, of course. So I remember I was like pretty young. I think I was like a sophomore in high school and I always knew I was into writing. I was always into literature, into reading. It was like one of my favorite hobbies ever. And I remember I was like one of those kids where we have like reading time in like our classrooms. And like, I remember they'd like, oh, reading time's over. And I'd be like so upset because I'd be like so in, like, into my books. Um, and I was always reading books that were like so beyond like my years like there were kids in my classes who were reading like I don't know like books you would read like in sixth grade for example and I was reading like books that were like my grandpa's from like the 70s <laughs> so it's like I've always been so into literature and writing and like just kind of like getting a new perspective on the world and I really didn't really know what I wanted to do with that like for a while I was like I'm gonna go into the FBI and I'm like wait I'm not even built for that <laughs> I thought I was gonna go into law school and like save the world and I'm like I don't really want to do that either it doesn't really interest me I thought I'd be like an English teacher but like I don't think I'd be a good teacher <laughs> so I really was kind of unsure what I wanted to do for a while and as I knew college was approaching I was getting kind of more like anxiety and kind of more nervous thinking like what am I going to do with myself um and so basically whenever I'm home we have family dinner um every single night together and we'd always have like the news on and I know we'd have like big big political debates like at my dinner table like kind of like my heart even like my when my friends were over like we'd always have the news on and we would be like having like these debates I'm like admire these like reporters that were on tv and commentators I'd be like you know like that's so cool to be able to get up on tv and be able to like 
be brave enough to talk about your views and like debate people and like meet so many cool, interesting people. Like I would love to do something like that. And I remember it was my senior year of high school and I took a journalism class. We only had one journalism class in my high school. And I believe they cut that class like a year or two after I graduated high school. Which is so unfortunate. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. So sad. And I remember we learned all like the basics of journalism. My uh, teacher at the time, I believe he used to go, he was going to med school for a while. And then he, I remember he just did a 360 and did, started doing sports reporting instead. Cause he was like, oh, you know, wow. like, hey, <laughs> I know like, why am I going into med school when I could do what I love? And that's like sports. I love to write. So I remember just being so, just admiring him so much for that. And we learned like the basics of writing, like writing like a news piece, like writing feature stories, doing interviews, writing profiles. And I had like the time of my life. And I was also really fortunate as well because my high school actually had an internship program. So I was able to intern for like a very local like newspaper. And I was writing like, like little things to do in my town on the weekends or like writing like calendar stuff. And I was falling in love with my work. It was so much fun. And I got to meet so many interesting people at like 17 years old, which is crazy. And like, again, like I'm so fortunate that my high school had that program. And I just got such like a love for that, like such a love of exploring and researching. And like, I just look at nervous things, like calling up people and being like, hey, like, can we have an interview? So <laughs> it really kind of shaped my view on what I want to do with myself. And it was kind of from that moment on, I am I came home one day and I was like, yep, I'm going to be a journalist. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do with myself. So it's kind of, I guess, my origin story of my career. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I love to hear, you know, your passion behind getting into journalism, because I feel like so many, you know, uh, jobs and majors and communications, so many people had like that aha moment of like, oh my God, like I knew like you, when you saw the news, like I want to be in journalism. And that's so awesome that your high school had that program. I wish my high school had that. I wish I could do an internship while in high school. So that was such a great experience that you had. Yeah, no, definitely was incredible. I remember like our, my internship advisor then too was like so great. Like we sat down with him individually and he would like really place us into like certain programs, certain internships that like really were geared towards what we wanted to do. And I know that there were students as well who like wanted to go into medicine. They were able to like go into hospitals and like shadow people. I'm like, to be wow. able to do that at 17, it's like incredible. And like, I'm so thankful for that program, not only because they taught me like really what I want to do with myself is because I was able to go into marriage with like a skill set that I really feel like kind of set me ahead and like made me more prepared than maybe like other students who were just getting involved in journalism, which I'm very, very fortunate for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to like have those opportunities in high school like, you know, whether it's through your school or like you do your own research, because like, I, I feel like a lot of times, like it's so advertised out there of like, oh my God, like you can go into college, like not knowing what you want to do, which is totally okay. But you know, when you do have like a passion or a spark for something, it is so important to, you know, be doing that research and get into that and, you know, immediately start in college and like see ways that you can really, you know, start building on that experience because that will definitely carry you through college. And Speaking of that, so what, once you got to Marist, what was that experience like for you? What were you involved in? Just what was your whole college experience like? Yeah. So I always say like the people that say college is the best four years of your life are definitely lying to you. It, <laughs> <laughs> I always joke about that, especially because like my sisters are now going to be sophomore in college as well. My freshman year, I remember I got there and like a lot of my other friends too, if like, we talk about this, um, now that we're all graduated, when we first got to college, we were like, oh, like this is gonna be the best four years of our lives. Like we're gonna make like our click like right off the bat. And like, it wasn't like that. Like you are really, it takes a while I feel like to meet like your crowd and meet your people because you're kind of just thrown into a hallway of random people <laughs> you don't know. And like, 
you don't know if it's going to work out with friendships. And like, for my case, like the people I was with, like, they just weren't like my kind of people I wanted to be friends with or we didn't mesh. So I remember for a while, I actually really wanted to transfer, which is so unfortunate. And that happens to so many people as well. So it's definitely a very normalized thing. I like, to tell people like your first year for most people is going to be rough. And like, if you feel like you want to transfer, like you're not alone. Um, and another thing too, is that I wasn't really taking any journalism classes, like right off the bat, like I remember it was like over the summer I was prepping for college and I was like, I'm going to can't say hit the ground. I'm so hit to hit the ground running. I can't wait to do what I love to do and like be a journalist, like ASAP. And I get there and I'm doing like statistics and like <laughs> science and like, I'm struggling and like, I'm, I'm like crying to my mom and dad and like, I can't do this. Like, I just want to do what I love. And I think that really like affected me during that time. I definitely like my mental health at the time really wasn't the best either because of that and like again like it's stressful for everyone I was you know I'm very close with my family and like I love my hometown friends that they're still like you know like my like my sisters really like I love them (laughs) so being thrown into an environment where you're with all these strangers really and like trying to be that independent it's tough like it's really really tough so it took me a while to actually even get involved in the Marist Circle I didn't start working for the marriage circle until like my second semester freshman year and I remember it was over winter break when I was like telling my mom like I don't want to go back like I can't do this and I was like well like why aren't you involved in the circle like this is your major like this is what you should do and I remember I was like you know what? like fine like I guess like I'll check it out so I remember we have like our um, club meetings at like 9 15 p.m at school and <laughs> I remember it was like a Thursday night and I was exhausted and I'm like trekking through the snow. It's like a building all across campus to get to like my first marriage circle meeting. And none of my friends at the time were in my major as well. So like a lot, most of my friends were education. So it wasn't like I really had anyone to do this with. So I remember trekking to the building. I get in there and I was like, I'm two minutes late and I was so embarrassed. I'm sitting in the back of the room. And it was the first time that I felt like, you know, like I'm meant to be here. Uh, there were so many kids there who shared that love of journalism and that passion that I had. Like, so like some of my like biggest role models, like um, Raphael, Ken, Tara, I'm sure you remember them. They yeah. really inspired me to be a journalist. Like I would see like their passion, their love for the craft. And I remember sitting there texting my mom being like, mom, like, I can't wait to be like them. Like, I can't wait to be the journalist that they are. And I really felt like in that moment, like, you know, this is where I belong. This is where I need to be. So my sophomore year was really like a big 360 for me. Like I kind of, I met my people. I really started having like positive thoughts about being on campus. I really was having a great time. And I remember that's when I got involved with For the Record as well. And For the Record, um, for those who don't know, is like a Marist Circle Special Initiative where we do profiles um, in long form journalism on students on campus and people who make up like the Marist community outside as well. And I remember I was the youngest on the editorial team. I believe there was like three or four of us. And I remember I, when I applied and I got the email back from Ken being like, you made it. I was like literally like in tears. I was so excited. That's how much I love what I do. I was crying over this. I was so excited. And I remember we had our first meeting again. I was so nervous because they were all like, juniors and like seniors and like you know as a freshman like I mean sophomore that's intimidating so I remember sitting in a room talking about all the stories we had to do and I remember I was given three stories originally and everyone else was I believe given two so I was like oh wow like I'm the youngest (laughs) on this and like I'm given like three like pretty big stories and basically I interviewed those three students and I wrote these very long stories about them and I remember last minute Ken and Raphael reached out to me and they're like hey can you do a fourth and I remember thinking like oh my god like I'm so stressed out with everything else I have to do but 
I can't say no to this. Like I know I need to prove myself and I want to prove to them that like, I really can do this and I love what I do. So I remember I took the fourth story, you know, like I was packed with work. I did it and everything came up beautiful in the end. Like just the photography, everything. It was so beautiful. And like, I remember I got so many messages from the people I wrote about and like their friends and family saying like, you, like you told, like I was able to tell their story in a way that others could not. And I was able to spread important messages that in ways they couldn't. And I was able to just, shine a light on important issues that were important to them and like that like warmed my heart so much and I was like you know that's really why I do this like I do this I don't do this for myself I do this to help other people do this to make other people happy and at the end of the day it's like if I know they're happy and like I made a a purpose or importance in someone's life like that this is what I I do this this is what I want to do the rest of my life so yeah I became um arts and culture editor of the marriage circle my junior year and that was incredible. I had so much fun running a little news team of arts and culture, um, which is funny because I know in the beginning I said like I got into journalism because I would talk about politics all the time, but everything <laughs> I do is like creative and like arts and culture. I'm same with my minors as well. So I, that, I had an amazing time with that. And then, yeah, my senior year, I became executive director for the record, which was so incredible. And it was a lot of work. It was definitely, I was not used to running an entire team of people and it was a lot of pressure. And I learned so much through that journey and it came out beautiful in the end. We were able to have a whole showcase in the Lowell Thomas and our communications building on campus. And it came out beautiful. The portraits are hanging up there. And yeah, it definitely, I've definitely been very involved on campus and my <laughs> journalism journey and like my love for it really only grew and like skyrocketed throughout it. And I'm just very fortunate. That I had so many role models to look after, to look up to, and as well as like, I had the strength to be like, to like, kind of like, I don't know, get through the hard times at school and like find my people and really have a great time on campus in that matter. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. I can totally <laughs> relate to that because my freshman year was less than perfect as well, but you know, sophomore <laughs> year really turned up because of those clubs and, you know, the circle and North road and everything. And it's just so important to find that group, like you were talking about of, you know, people who have that same passion. That's why I love that story you told about when you first walked into this into the circle because like those clubs you can always feel like the energy even though it was you know 9 15 I feel like everyone was just like so excited throughout the day like oh my god like we have a circle meeting tonight or we have this meeting so yeah that's so awesome and I loved hearing your experiences of like when you write a story about someone like thank you so much again for writing the story about the queen of calm podcast that just meant so much to me and it was so awesome (laughs) so thank you so much again for that Um, But yeah, I I totally feel like that same way. Like I was a PR and journalism major. So kind of on both ends of the (laughs) communications (laughs) wavelength. Um, But yeah, I love writing for the circle. It was just so awesome. And, you know, building that confidence, like you were saying before too, of like calling someone up and saying like, hey, can we do an interview? Like I'm writing this story and through the different things that we did, like in journalism class and everything. I feel like that just maybe well-rounded as like a person in general. Like I feel like as a professional, like even this podcast, I feel like doing like sort of those like journalism things like interviewing people really like up to my like skills and interviewing and you know talking with people and getting on the phone so definitely that's such an amazing experience that you shared you know in college and I can definitely echo that as well for any you know college student who's listening who may want to get into journalism or communications in college it's just so important to get involved and you know really build out your passions. No, yeah, definitely. I always tell everyone that even like my sisters, they're like in completely different majors and programs <laughs> than I am. I'm like, get involved as much as possible. That's where you find your people. It's kind of where you find your niche. And like, you learn if you love what you do. And if you don't love it, then you go and do something else. And that's like why I tell everyone, like, get involved in these clubs. It's so important. So whenever I saw new people like joining the circle, I was so happy. And I always made sure they were welcome. Even with like my arts and culture team, I'd send out emails to them being like, hey, like, hope you guys are doing well. Or like, I remember 
I was um, abroad in the fall of my senior year. And when I remember when I came back, there was some people that were new and they didn't know me. And I sent out emails to them being like, I hope you're doing well. If you need anything, let me know. Like, I really wanted my team of writers to know that like, I will always be there for them. And like, that's what I got from again, like Tyra and Ken and Raphael, all the other editors. So all the other editors. So I really hope that I was able to leave a lasting impact on them and like made them love journalism as much as I did. But yeah, get involved as much as possible. If anyone's listening that's in Marist right now or any college student, get involved. So important. Yeah. And you can even use those experiences like you were telling about for the record and all that, like especially when you go on a job interview, like a lot of things are so unique that you work on throughout college, like for the record on a resume, I think looks so awesome, like telling someone about that and, you know, showing the stories that you wrote and having that portfolio, I think is so important to build while in college because there are so many opportunities, whether it's, you know, writing for the newspaper or doing something like for the record, like a special project you know, there's just so many opportunities to build your portfolio as well, because I feel like so many times people think like internship, 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 like that's the only way you can get experience, but there's so many ways on campus. And I think too, I love how you mentioned too, about building those connections within the clubs, because I think that's something that Marist fosters so well is that like connection between like the alumni and the current students. Like we had so many guest speakers come to these clubs and classes and everything. And I feel like I can lean on them so many times, like for the podcast or like something for work or like advice like they're just such a great rapport between like the alumni and current students so definitely take advantage of that as well as at your school for the listeners <laughs> no yeah definitely again like I still am like in contact with like so many people who graduated from Marist and like I know like for some internships I've had like I've had to interview people like that were Marist alumni and like it really like they everyone is so welcoming too. like everyone like I know like, I love when like um Marist students reach out to me about questions about the circle or like questions about like what it was like being like a Marist student in the journalism program so we're really like we're all so kind and like that's why I love Marist so much is that even if like we're in completely different departments like alumni are always here to help you and like we're all so nice too so take advantage of the alumni network at school yeah once a red fox always a red fox (laughs) (laughs) so you graduated in May so congratulations on that that's a huge deal So what has it been like so far for you to go through that postgraduate journey? Because having done it only one year ago, I know it's like so nerve wracking to be on the job search and like, you know, finding that first opportunity and then like your identity now that you're not a college student and you're, you know, now you're like a full adult and you're trying to navigate life. So what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's really honestly like it fully hasn't hit me yet. Like, I feel like I'm kind of just on like a summer vacation, like normally, (laughs) like a summer break. Like I was at the mall the other day with my friends and I bought like a sweatshirt set and I was like, oh, this is going to be so great to wear to class. I'm like, I'm like literally not even doing that anymore. That's insane. (laughs) So I, it hasn't hit me yet. And I've had, I think a lot more stress about it leading up to graduation than I do now because I was like, I'd be scrolling through LinkedIn. There'll be people being like, oh, I have this job lined up. I have this job already. I'm like, oh my God, wait, I don't have that. So I was getting really, really nervous and it was crazy because for so long I was telling myself like I just want to take the summer off want to take the summer for me because every summer I'm interning I'm working I'm freelancing so it's like I wanted some time just to like get myself together and realize like wait I'm a graduate now like I have to like get get a big girl job so (laughs) I think yeah it really hasn't hit me yet and I remember having so so much stress like crying to my mom like leading up to graduation I don't know like what I'm gonna do like my identity is like for the record my identity is the circle my identity is being a journalism major so now it's like I'm like I'm a journalist now I mean I I was I guess originally too but like I am a journalist now it's scary and I'm taking it very one day at a time and yeah, it's definitely been a little nerve wracking. I, I think it's really going to hit me like mid-August when like my sisters go back to school and like my friends who are young go back to school. And I'm gonna be like, oh, wait, like 
I'm like in like the, the girl world now, like I'm adulting, <laughs> but I'm like super fortunate. I got um, an offer to work for Greetings from the Garden State podcast, which is a great podcast. And I was from New Jersey, or you're interested in New Jersey, check it out, um, to run the <laughs> editorial page. And I remember I got this, like this offer, like literally on the way to dinner, um, on the way to dinner after my graduation, I was like shocked. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I have something to do now. Like, I have something to kind of do like what I love. And it's nice too, because kind of all like feature writing that I normally would do for like for the record and the circle. So I'm kind of taking what I always loved to do at school and like put out putting it into like real life and into like a job. So again, it just still kind of feels like, like it's a weird internship for me. Cause like, I've been, I've interned like every summer and like, I don't think it's really going to hit me that I'm in the the adulting world now until like <laughs> mid August, but I'm doing okay right now. But I have a lot of friends who are like really stressing out about it, and like that's so normal. Like it's so normal to kind of be confused and like not really know like where your place is. And I know I see all these people too, like moving to like Manhattan, like the minute they graduate. And I'm like, oh my god, like that should be me. Like I should be doing that right now. But it's so normal to like be at home for a while and kind of like figure out what you're doing. There's no need to rush. There really isn't like. I kind of felt that stress towards the end of the school year as well that I had to get a job ASAP. Like I'm going to live at home for a little bit. Then I'm either going to go to get my master's. I'm going to get an apartment in like Boston or New York city. And it's totally okay to take that time and like realize like, wait, I have so much time, like figure this out, get yourself together and realize what you really want to do before you throw yourself into a big city. And like, that's not really where you belong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's totally okay. I didn't get my first job after graduation until September. And I feel like that was like I was so worried about it leading up to graduation and seeing those LinkedIn posts as well. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to be doing? And like sending in my resume everywhere and doing all this stuff, but it actually ended up working for the best because, you know, we have such a stressful time in college. And so it's like those nice to decompress and like regroup and like kind of get my bearings and like the, the job world before, you know, really diving into a new position. I think that was you know really awesome to have that time. And yeah, I love what you're saying. Like you see those people like going into those you know, big cities and you're like, oh my God, like, should I be moving? But everything happens for a reason. You're, you're where you are for a reason. So I definitely believe that. And that's like something that's continued with me now that I'm into my second job because it's all following, you know, everything that's supposed to happen, happens. So definitely. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Everything happens for a reason. I tell everyone that I'm a very big believer in that. Like, I know like my time will come when I get like my big city apartment. But right now it's like I'm having a good time, like being with my family and like being with my dog. Like you really only get that time, like for a very short amount of time. So yeah, I'm taking my time and I know my time to live in New York city, which I do want to do will come. So I think everything day by day, really. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned working with the greetings from the garden state podcast. So can you talk about that a little bit more? What's the podcast about? And um, so you said you write feature stories as well. What's that been like? Yeah. So basically I'm really just getting started with it. And it, yeah, it's my job to kind of run like the whole editorial page and kind of like, I guess, flashing back to like um, senior year college of my spring semester, I was interning for um, New Jersey Digest. And so I was writing tons of like feature pieces, like related to New Jersey. Um, I was interviewing like small business owners and I know like our fellow magic Maris graduate Cara Benavenia she's a Jersey girl so I interviewed her as well and that's like one of my favorite pieces I wrote for my internship at that time um and I kind of I think got noticed by um his name's Mike he hosts the Greens from the Garden State podcast he noticed like my pieces and we kind of had like a nice like professional like rapport which was really really cool 
and he would like read some of my pieces and he actually was able to bring Kara onto his podcast as well so we had like a nice little team which was cool and then yeah like I said like right when I graduated he was like hey like I see your work all the time like I love what you do like I would love for you to work on the Greens in the Garden State podcast with me because it was kind of like a one-man show at the time and now he has like we have a whole little team which is really cool and so um I yeah I'm basically editor-in-chief of like the entire Greens in the Garden State blog it's like you told me it's like going to be fully your creative vision whatever you want to do like just be creative and put out put what you want out there so my first pieces are actually coming out later this week so everyone can like look at that it's super exciting um everything's like all about New Jersey all about what makes I don't know people love New Jersey and love the Garden State because everyone seems to hate on New Jersey sometimes but <laughs> I, love, I love New Jersey um yeah I'm basically writing tons of stories I also helping out with um our TikTok account as well and our Instagram which is so cool because I don't really have much experience like with social media because like what I do like personally on my social media so it's really cool to kind of get that almost like professional experience like doing um TikTok stuff and Instagram because I didn't really do that in college so it's been like a lot of fun and I love our team everyone's so sweet and everyone loves New Jersey is really passionate about what we do and the host of the podcast um again he's so passionate so it's an honor to be able to work with him and yeah basically what we do for our podcast that we interview tons of like really inspiring New Jersey people and like small businesses. And again, like I said, like Kara, she is on the podcast, fellow Maris grad. And it's so cool to be able to see all like these inspiring stories coming out of like the garden state and seeing all these different people that live kind of like right under your nose that you don't even realize. It's also why I like for the record so much because we discovered so many inspiring people. So it's really nice to be able to work in an environment where I'm meeting cool people like every day and like meeting all these inspiring people um and it's it's yeah it's been like a lot of fun it's been I love it and plus I love New Jersey so it's nice to feel like <laughs> <fun about> it. <laughs> that's amazing that you have that you know creativity to really write those stories and that you have you know that love for your home state and I'll definitely have to check out Kara's episode I saw on yeah. her Instagram it looked awesome like the episode cover and everything yeah. but yeah that's so awesome that you're able to do that and like keep writing and keep doing your you know feature stories and everything um, so definitely everyone go check out Nicole's stories when they come out. <laughs> we'll have to link them on our stories. Yes. Um, and so, you know, speaking of, you know, your experiences throughout college and then getting into the industry. So I, I feel like our two classes were like right on the cusp of like normalcy and then everything kind of went crazy right after that in like 2020. And then even like last year was still crazy with COVID and everything and just the different ways of the world. So how have you in your own perspective seen, you know, the journalism industry change from when you were a freshman to that now graduating? Yeah, it's interesting because when I, I guess, first started journalism, I would just be like, oh, I want to be like a news reporter. I see all these news people on TV. That's what I want to do. I really didn't, I guess, have like a big understanding of what else journalists could do. Um, so for a while, I was like, yep, political reporting's for me, political reporting's for me. I want to be on like a news station. Like I want to be writing news all day. And like, I, I don't want to do that now. Like, I hate it. Like really, I, I honestly commend anyone who can do that. Like it really wasn't for me as much as I tried. Um, I mean, I can do it, but it's just something I don't really love to do. But I've noticed that so many, it's really easy, I guess, to become a journalist in a sense. Like once COVID hit everything really went remote and so many journalism professions are remote I mean again like I'm working for this podcast virtually from home and I'm uploading every internship I've had has been virtual I haven't been like in a news station or a newsroom like which is crazy to me because I know so many people 
who have been in newsrooms before me and like I've never got that like everything's been from my desk I really only gotten like that virtual perspective of it so um I feel like a lot more people are able to kind of like become journalists if that makes sense like people will start their own blogs randomly because they're bored and they write about things happening like reviews and interviewing people that like inspire them and like I mean, like you're you're a journalist then like if you're interviewing someone like you kind of are telling someone's story kind of like what I love to do so that's what I studied so we're kind of doing the same thing so I feel like a lot of more people a lot more people are kind of like becoming journalists I guess like even like with Twitter and like Instagram like you know like people like for example will go and like video things that are happening in their community and post it and be like oh like, look what like, I uncovered and like that's kind of like investigative reporting really if you think about it like <laughs> yeah. even like on Twitter like people are like you know doing news updates all the time like that's like kind of what journalists do so I feel like it a lot of people are getting kind of more into journalism whether they consider themselves journalists or not but a lot of people are able to do kind of what journalists do because everything's virtual and like you can just again I can start my own blog right now and like start interviewing people on the street and like I'd be kind of doing like reporting and like stuff like that so I think a lot of people are getting in whether they consider themselves journalists or not it's like kind of very open and like people can kind of do all types of journalism like in their free time if that makes sense yeah definitely and and from the PR side too like it used to be so like cut and dry in the past of like you know you have a certain product or service that you you know um you know you promote and you reach out to these certain like trade journalists that would cover that but now like I'm seeing so many freelancers that we you know pitch and work with and it's just so crazy to see that grow and grow and grow over the months and it is so like kind of freeing because like they don't just have to write about one certain thing like they can do different things and even like how you were talking about like people starting like their own like online um you know journalism thing like even like those big like media companies like Yahoo and I think the Washington Post too, like they have those TikTok accounts where they kind of have like fun with their news and everything and have like those personalities kind of running that online, which I think is so interesting. And I think that plays into your work too, with like um, doing the social media part as well with the podcast. It's just so crazy how like media has changed. Like when, when it was like 2017, 2018, when we started college, like, I think that was like the end of like the old fashioned, like social media, like now it's all about TikTok and everything. So it's just like, so like crazy to see how things can shift so quickly. And I'm sure in the next four years, they'll shift even more. Yeah, no, it definitely is crazy. And I feel like TikTok really only became popular during COVID because people were at home like bored and didn't know what to do with themselves. So it's crazy to see like all of these like major like news sort news organizations and companies like literally on TikTok making like you said, like kind of like fun videos or like funny things. And I'm like, I would never expected this from like times, for example, like New York post. Um, I would never expected that. So it's kind of crazy to see that now, but it just shows like how much we're developing as like a society and like how much these like social media accounts and like these different platforms, like really influence the way people like get their news. Like a lot of people get their news from TikTok. I mean, like I don't personally, but there's so many people who are on TikTok who do like news updates and like, it's crazy how the world's changing. And like, really, I feel like a lot of that has to do with COVID and like being stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the girl that runs the Yahoo finance, like TikTok, she's like an influencer herself. So she has like her own page where she does her own stuff. And then she does like the Yahoo stuff, which I also think is so interesting because she can bring kind of like that, like dual perspective of like, she's a TikTok star on the side, but then she like does like news and everything. I just find that so fascinating how like it, things have just changed so much. Yeah, no, definitely. It's really, the world changes so fast. Like I talk about this all the time. It's like, it's something new behind my guy, like journalism, something new every single day. It's always changing. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, for those college students who are, you know, are now 
in college and they have a journalism major and we're coming off the pandemic, hopefully, what's your advice for them to join the major of journalism, but also like as they graduate and head out into the industry? Yeah. So something I learned along the way is that you're going to kind of, so a lot of people tell you like, oh, like, what are you going to do with journalism? Like, you're not going to make like a lot of money right off the bat. Like you want to live like, at least this is what I've been told. Like, oh, like you want to live like in like a big apartment in New York city. Like you're not going to like, like you're not gonna be able to afford that right away. And like, a lot of people are going to tell be like, why do you want to do that? Like what, like journalism's dying, journalism's dead. Like, why do you want to get put into toxicity? Like, why do you want to do that? So I feel like you're really, I've learned to get like a very thick skin. I've had people be like, all right, cool. So like, you want to be a journalist? Like, what are your political views? And like, I don't even want to do politics. Like, why are you asking me that? Because people only really think about kind of like one thing that's political reporting and I think that's a lot of people think they have to kind of that's kind of journalism they have to do as well um so I really learned to get a thick skin I think that's really really important journalism is a very cutthroat industry like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it it is again I worked for like a political organization when I thought I wanted to do political reporting and I learned the hard way that it's not easy it's not you just write an article and it goes uploaded it there's a lot of you, you deal with a lot of criticism you deal sometimes too and like where you're working in industries where it may be very male dominated for example and you kind of have to learn to get through that and like snake your way through because it is very intimidating and I was put in that situation before where I was in an environment where it was male dominated and I felt like I wasn't good enough like I felt like I wasn't a good journalist and really the biggest thing like I said before have thick skin and know right off the bat that it is a cutthroat industry and if you love this and you love what you do, like, do not stop. There was a point in time where I really was like, I don't know if this is something I should do anymore. I lost like my love for journalism for like a little bit. And I remember one day I was like, you know what? Like I'm done with politics and I'm creative. I'm arts and culture editor. Like I do profiles and people like I love what I, I love the creative side of it. Like I'm done with the politics. Like I'm going to do what I actually love. And I would tell people all the time, like, oh, I'm going into politics because that's where the money is in journalism from what I understood. But like, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this to make myself happy. I'm fortunate enough where I can go into an industry because it's what I love to do. And like, it because it makes me happy. And I love making other people happy and making them aware of important issues that are important to me and important to them. Um, so really, like I said before, I said this a million times, but have a thick skin because you will need it. Get used to people questioning why you even want to be a journalist in the first place. Get used to people not liking your work. It happens. I've had people critique my work and at first I get really upset and you have to get used to that because writing is very subjective. And yeah, I guess my last point is like stick with what you love. If you love it and it makes you happy, stick with it because if you're doing work every single day that makes you happy, you're going to love your job and you're never going to want to quit it. So don't quit. Just get a thick skin, be brave and enter the industry with so much happiness and passion. I love that. That's such a great mindset to have. And something I've been saying a lot on the podcast lately, just like going through this past year, like post-grad and now kind of feeling like I'm hitting my stride in my career, like starting out. I feel like it's so important to remember that value. Like, you know, we went to school and we, you know, took so many of these great courses, but also like things we worked on outside of the classroom, like for the record or these different clubs and like bring that value and be proud of that. And, you know, you bring such a great like amount of knowledge to a new position, even if you are like new in the industry, like you bring so much value and knowledge. And so it's just so important to have that mindset as well. Like 
know that you got this job for a reason. Like everything happens because you put the hard work in. And like you were saying too, never stop working hard, never stop learning. Like I feel like just like the past like year that I've been post-grad and like on the job search, like that was a learning experience, but then also like working at two different companies and like really getting into the industry, you just learn so much that can't be taught in the classroom. So you're always going to be like a student of your craft. So thank you for sharing that mindset. And that's such great advice for listeners, because I couldn't have said it better myself, but just always like, you know, knowing your worth and in your work, but while also like being able to take that constructive criticism and everything. So speaking of like lessons and things that you keep with you, is there something that you've learned from like a class or from a mentor or an internship that you always like have in the back of your mind as like kind of like this great lesson that you've learned? Yeah. So I guess for me, the biggest thing I could think of is when I was abroad in um, the fall of my senior year, I went to Spain, I was in Madrid and I did a radio journalism class while I was there. And it was the first time I was doing journalism that wasn't in like the tri-state like bubble that I'm in. <laughs> and I remember I was doing a, new, a news piece for like the, the, in the radio class. And I remember I was, I, I think I was reporting about something that was like happening in New Jersey. And I remember I presented it to the class and like no one in my class like really knew what I was talking about. And I remember my professor told me like, okay, like you're going to have to like, I mean, it's a great piece, but no one knows what you're talking about because no one is really like from like, like the hard injuries where you're from, like you're going to have to make it more specific and make it understanding. And I remember at first I was like upset because I was like, I spent so long like working on this. Like, I got interviews, like this is like so upsetting to me. So I remember I went back to my seat and I was like so upset. And I remember like the next day I was like thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? Like it's not just people in New Jersey or like Connecticut or like New York that are going to be listening to what I write or listen to what I present like on the radio, for example, or like, or look at what I write. Like journalism is more than my tri-state bubble it encompasses like the entire world and it really like I don't know like it was very eye-opening to me to just think but um no just being in that environment and realizing that journalism is more than just like my tri-state bubble and that there's I don't know so much more to report on in the world around me and like I always say like you can't be a good journalist if you haven't like I learned so much about reporting and like reporting to different people from different nationalities and different countries. Like my class, for example, was made. Sorry to interrupt again. Can you can you say that again? Yes. Sorry, because Uh, it it froze. (laughs) No, you're right. Um, so my radio journalism class, radio journalism class, like in Madrid, it was made up of people who were from Ukraine, who were from like Ecuador, who were from all different places in South America and like Italy and all over Europe. And I realized like, you know, I'm not just reporting to one audience. Like I'm reporting to like the masses and I have to like, I don't make things kind of like understandable for other people to listen to other people to read and to be other people, for other people to understand. So I guess it was like kind of like a very eye-opening thing for me to be like, you know, like, yeah, like I'm not going to be working in New Jersey forever. Followers or readers or listeners from Europe. I could have followers and readers from South America. So it's really important to kind of like get out of that bubble and like burst that bubble like as soon as you can, because again, journalism takes over the entire world. What you write and what you get published on the internet, like the entire world can read. And so I think, yeah, my radio journalism professor, they're kind of like me, me, my eyes open like for that it's a very <laughs> eye-opening experience for me so that's why I also think it's important to go abroad as a journalism major because again like I really had that 
experience. Yeah. And, and definitely, I can definitely like relate to that with my podcast too, because like, I never want to be talking to like just one audience or like just people in one certain, you know, industry. It's always so important to me to have like a variety of my episodes, like whether I talk to a current college student or a recent graduate or someone who's been in the industry, like 15 years, I think it's just so important to get those perspectives. And like from, from like the podcast perspective, like in general, it, I think it's just so awesome when you can talk to someone who's like, 15 years into their career and someone who's, you know, just starting out because we both bring such, you know, valuable things to the table. And I think it's so similar to what you were saying of like getting that worldly perspective, you know, for your stories and, you know, always having something new to learn from about around the world and reach all those big audiences, I think is so important as well. No, yeah, definitely. Again, like I tell every journalism student or even some people in comm, like get out there, like see the world again, like easier said than done, but see the world if you can because again specifically for journalism like you can't be reporting on the world if you haven't seen the world so that's like my biggest lesson for people like that yeah yeah definitely and so you know from all that you've learned you know throughout college and you know now starting out and you know having that background in journalism and you know really you know looking into the industry what would you go back in time and tell your freshman year self I would tell myself to start sooner with what you love. Again, I was going to have like a political science minor because I thought I wanted to be a political reporter. I really was like forcing myself to do all like political writing for the circle. And like, I, I wasn't having a good time at it. I mean, I was doing it in my classes because again, like you have to learn to kind of write everything, but I wasn't loving it. And actually I am a very creative person. That's why I am a creative writing minor and a digital video production minor where I'm writing like film scripts and like filming things and for creative writing and short stories and poetry all the time. So it really did not line up with political reporting at all, but I kind of just kept telling myself that again, that's where the money is. And I feel like that was such a toxic mindset to have for so long. And it really was so late in the game where I realized like, why am I even doing this to myself? Like, this is not something I want to do. I don't love it. And even if the money, even if, if the money is there, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I, it's like, I'm crying on the phone to my mom saying, I don't think I can work in this cutthroat political organization. Like, I can't do this full time. So I wish I was able, my freshman year self was able to kind of just start creatively right away and like, just do feature pieces, put all my heart and soul into that because that's what I love to do. And that's what I'm doing now. And that's what I'm going to want to do for the rest of my life and I wish I started that much much sooner but I think it was important for me to realize that because if I I never would have known maybe I would have done political reporting as a career and I would have been stuck there and hated it I don't know where I'm going to end up I you know the world is my oyster I guess that's the right word term <laughs> but um I think I wish I told myself to start like feature writing and more creative stuff very, very early on because I was forcing myself to do something I wasn't happy with. And I think people should just stick with what they're happy with right away and you will be successful no matter what you do if you're happy and you love what you do. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so important to jump in right away. I was a PR and journalism major, but I didn't have the journalism added on right away. I started out with PR. Um, and I had seen everyone like saying that they were going to do like the master's program with like PR and advertising. And I was like seeing everyone like signing up for the five-year program and like taking these advertising classes. So I took like the advertising class and I ended up hating it. Like, even though like, I'm like a creative person, I feel like advertising has like such like a businessy like focus to it. Like you had to worry about all these different, like, is this going to make money putting it in this market and this whole thing? And I just hated it. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? And so I really had that passion for writing. I like wrote for broadwayworld.com in high school. And like, I was always doing like a blog or something like that. So then I was like, well, what if I just did journalism and like took that jump? And I was like, so happy to be able to do that writing while also doing like the PR. 
because it's so important not only to have like those writing skills and everything but it was just so fun to like meet with everyone on campus and like interview them for the circle but then also like to take those classes and like meet a new group of people who like really enjoy journalism as well so yeah go for your passions everyone out there don't be afraid to take the leap because it's so worth it yes 100 percent. and again you will be successful no matter what you do if you're happy even again like my happiness at the end of the day to me i'm like i'm successful because i'm happy so that's like my biggest thing like, do do what you love and you will be successful no matter what Yes. So Nicole, I have one final question for you. And it's something that I asked all my guests and it's all an inspiration to Sophia Amoruso because she's my girl boss, but who is your favorite girl boss? You know, that is a very hard question. I feel like I have something <laughs> and I really, it comes down to two and they're very, very different. And they both influenced me in like very different ways. Um, so last summer I interned for 94.5 PST. It's a radio station in New Jersey. And I was working under Kayla Thomas, who was hosting um, the Pop Crush Nights show, um, some of the night shows at the time. She's now working with like Ryan Seacrest in LA. So she's incredible. Oh, wow. And I remember I looked up to her so much, like, kind of like the way I looked up to like Ken, Tara, and Raphael when I was at Maris. Like she was kind of like the first person I feel like I really looked up to. And just seeing her passion, her drive to like not only like make the show successful, but to make me successful and to make me kind of like grow my passion for journalism even more and she took so much time just to like I remember she was giving me like radio voice lessons that we would like meet like every every night I worked like over zoom and like work on my voice and like she put so much time and energy into like me like becoming maybe successful in radio journalism maybe that's where I'll end up I don't know but (laughs) it was so nice to have her kind of like on my side and have her like on my team and like she and like I'm such a fan of hers and she's incredible and like she would tell me so many stories about how she started out in journalism, like seeing like how successful she is now. Like it's incredible. And I know she, I, I miss her so much. Like I love her. She's such like an ultimate girl boss to me. Like, I, I love her. She was always, again, like, I feel like such a big fan of mine um, in my work. And like, I'm the hugest fan of her. I feel like she was always trying to rooting for me, even like when I was struggling with like things on the radio. Um, So I think that's my first one. And my second one's like, she was a, so I was a big fan of Nancy Drew growing up and those were the first like books like I really like ever like seriously read and it's kind of funny because I, I used to be embarrassed to tell people that like Nancy Drew is like one of my female role models but she I don't know she really inspired me to be like an independent woman like and also like kind of like now that I'm older too to like kind of like be like a feminist woman as well and like fight for what I want because in all her books she doesn't need Ned with her to like <laughs> to solve a case or solve like a murder cri- a crime or something like she does that all on her own and to me that's like what a girl boss is like just to kind of like go do what you're passionate about even when people are telling her like why are you going after all like these mysteries you're gonna get yourself killed she's like this is what I love to do and I'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> and, do, and there's no you're not getting in my way so that's like another big lesson too is I don't let people get in my way if I want to do it I'm gonna do it I'm a very career-driven person and Kayla was the same way she would tell me all the time like if I'm gonna if they could do this thing you want to do don't let anyone stay in your way so very different but those are both <laughs> people that I really really admire <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely both girl bosses. And I love Nancy Drew. She is so iconic. <laughs> I, I used to love Nancy Drew growing up too. Like it's such she's so inspiring and to have like those role models is so important, like growing up. So that's why I'm so glad to have women on the show like yourself sharing their experiences. Cause I think so many times in our in our and even um Kayla too from the radio station, she is sounds like she was such a great role model. So I'm gonna have to go follow her on LinkedIn and everything after this and yes. online. 
but yeah, having those role models, like in the industry, I think is just so important to be able to, you know, see people who are doing something you admire and you can ask them for advice and questions. So thank you so much for sharing those two girl bosses. And thank you so much for being on the show, Nicole. This was so awesome to chat with you today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me again. I love talking to women like you and being able to like give advice to like other women who are maybe scared to get their foot into journalism or scared to get their foot into communications industry um, that they're not super familiar with, or maybe it's like male dominated and it's scaring them. And I just want them to know that if I can do it, and again, I used to have no thick skin at all. You most (laughs) definitely can do it too. So just follow what you love and you will be successful. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. It really was an honor to be able to be on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode of the Queen of Calm podcast? Well, head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Do you want to be on the Queen of Calm podcast? Head to the link in our Instagram bio or to anchor.fm slash queenofcompodcast slash message to leave us a voicemail that could potentially be used on the show. And finally, if you're not already, follow us on social media at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. Join us next week as we celebrate more women in communications. Thank you.